This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to the Build Business Acumen Podcast, where we deliver practical knowledge and powerful guidance. Here is your futuristic host, Nathaniel Schooler. Thank you for tuning in. And please don't forget to give us a review wherever you listen and subscribe to our weekly email reminder on the buildbusinessacumen.com website. I'm going to introduce Billy Howard to you, who you will find shares some really valuable information around the latest in neuromarketing, emotional AI, and how it impacts storytelling and new approaches to customer engagement in our new emotion economy. Billy Howard is founder and CEO of a company called Brandthrow, which is a neuromarketing consultancy that harnesses creativity and technology to power a brand's purpose and experience in ways that demonstrate a deeper understanding of brand targets and the language and content most apt to drive their engagement. Billy and I discussed storytelling and its power as a business currency. She has more experience, in fact, than most people in it that I know. So it's certainly well worth listening to this episode. Billy has a a very strategic vision for how brands can differentiate themselves from their competition through the lens of purpose and sharpened emotional intelligence. She was founder of the Global Corporate Storytelling Practice at Weber Shamwick for many years. Following a career as press secretary for the president of the Philippines and his cabinet. I know Billy from when I went to Las Vegas to IBM's Think event and had a really good time. It was really good conversationally around emotional AI and Billy is also author of the book We Commerce. She actually also has a column on Forbes called Ask the CMO. Let's dig into this really exciting episode. It's a must if you want to keep up with what's going on in the marketing world. This is definitely something you can't afford to ignore. Well, hey there, Billy. It's nice to see you again. Good to see you, Nat. How are you? Very well, thank you. Very well. Just quite excited. I shouldn't really say that. I say it too many times in my podcasts, but I am kind of excited. I enjoy what I do, you see. And I I just... I enjoy hearing about what everyone else is up to, you know, and I know you've got, you've got some sort of big announcements to make about what's going on with your, with your firm right now and stuff. But before we get into that, I wanted to just talk for like, I wanted you to talk really for for 10, 15 minutes about storytelling, because I know that is your, that is your speciality. Right. And yeah, I'd love to sort of hear from your perspective you know, how that's changed, I think, first of all. First of all, what is storytelling and how does it help people to sell stuff? I think that's the key. Well, the heart of everything I do is really based off of the same thing that drives an effective story, which is 
in order to get people to act, you have to first make them feel. And the way that you do that is through stories that are compelling, um, or about characters, or about things that drive emotion. And when brands look at storytelling, one of the key mistakes that they make is they talk too much about the what and what it is they're trying to, to sell, as opposed to the who and why, which is what actually engages someone in a narrative and um, engages somebody to become part of a brand and then ultimately become a customer. So, you know, understanding the, the ins and outs of storytelling today is critical to anyone because, as I see it, stories are not just stories. They're a vital currency of business. Okay. Okay. So that, in essence, comes from the mission of the business, right, and what sits sort of behind it. I mean, I was, I was talking yesterday with someone about about that and kind of like the ethics and the, and the morals and the sort of principles of of the actual business itself. And then that becomes part of the story, doesn't it? Well, it depends. I mean, what's driving a lot of storytelling today is again, this shift from brands talking about the what to talking about the who and the why, which is all about a grander sense of purpose and a way of contributing to the world more than just the bottom line. This is becoming a critically important tool, whether you're trying to engage customers or you're trying to attract and retain employees. So this whole idea of moving from rational engagement to, which is again about what you're selling or why you should, you know, the, the, the place that you're going to work and what it is they do, the more compelling uh, place to focus is on the emotional side of the house, which is again the who and the why, which is the grander sense of purpose. Right. So where would you, where would you sort of start if you were, if you were going into a, let's say you were going into a brand, like a big brand or, or, or a funded a funded business, yeah, not not a boot a boot sort of strap startup. What what would you what would you actually do when you when you arrive there to sort of help help them tell their story better? Well, you have to again understand what it is that they're trying to do and the context in in which they're trying to do it. Um, um, most importantly, as well, you have to understand the people that comprise the brand. I often talk to CMOs and other people about even thinking about themselves as executive producers of their brands, because in essence, brands are content purveyors as much as they are purveyors of product. So if you're thinking about yourself as an executive producer, you have to think about how do I create a compelling narrative that talks, again, as much about what I do as why I do it and the people who are driving it forward? And that's a really great place to begin. Um, an area of storytelling or constructed branding that I focus on is in, uh, someone's overall corporate reputation, where you look at all of the assets that a company has, whether it's their products and services, their innovation, their human capital, their management, their financial strength. You look at all of those assets and then you find different compelling ways of telling those stories, putting a face on the brand, humanizing the brand with the people behind it. Right. So it's a, it's a people led story right like the the people are in the story this is not like you're not you're not just sort of making up a, a a persona for the business are you you're you're tying in the right people into the business is that is that a fair way to describe it from my perspective 
Yeah, I mean, any brand today that's going to succeed is going to have to be 150,000% authentic. And in order to be authentic, you have to live and breathe what you're talking about. And in today's market, there's often very, very little separation between a person's personal life and their professional life when they're an entrepreneur. And if you're good at, at storytelling and you're good at branding and marketing, you try to capture what that essence is and almost bottle it so that it becomes the secret sauce of the brand that drives engagement and ultimately conversion right right so that would that is led from from the top of the business isn't it and then and then you know let, let's let's just let's just say that you were a you were a startup business that was funded right yeah you 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 would first of all you would you would decide on you know what sort of story your business had first of all you know you've got a product and it's selling and it's working and you would try and get buy-in from everybody that is in your sphere, on your radar, to, to tell them. And then you'd ask them questions, wouldn't you? And then they would become part of the story. Is that, is that a, fair, a fair way of, of moving forwards with that? Well, the, the greatest brands in the world understand today that um, brands need to be built at home for them to be authentic and for them to be truly brought to life. Any top CMO that I have interviewed in, in my column on Forbes always looks at the fact that the most compelling brands, the most authentic brands, the most engaging brands begin with stories that are true to the company itself and ultimately everyone in today's market is a customer and if you start with that point of view at home and almost think of your employees as your first set of customers and you can figure out how to emotionally engage them and transform them into brand ambassadors then you're setting the brand on a course to move forward externally in that same fashion and you're able to do what winning brands do today which is not just sell but engage people in an experience that takes them and makes them a part of a brand so they not only engage they not only buy but then they become loyalists and they recommend and advocate and that's how successful brands are built today from the top down and the bottom up right yeah that's exactly what i was i was just editing another episode <laughs> about that very very thing learning a lot more about communications now it's 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 such an interesting topic it really really is so in your in your career because i know you've been in storytelling for a long long time what's the most exciting kind of stories that you've that you've been involved with do you think well, early in my career, I was involved in telling the stories of emerging market countries. Um, you know, uh, that was a very exciting time. I, I had a focus on Southeast Asia long before Singapore was ranked one of the most innovative nations in the world. I represented actually the president of the Philippines and his entire cabinet in the United States. And my job was to explain to the U.S. business investment climate why that region of the world would be what it is today. Um, I then turned that focus uh, of telling stories about countries and creating brands around those type of uh, scenarios into focusing on CEOs and corporate positioning by telling corporate narrative stories for the world's leading brands and their executives around the world. So, you know, I've, I've done everything from represent countries to people. And what I'm most excited about doing today is helping brands really find the right mix of creativity and technology so that they can take their stories to the next level in a way that really has an eye on what's most compelling today, which I believe is brand purpose. 
that makes a lot of sense. I'm nodding away here. <laughs> That's fantastic. So, so in terms of kind of marrying the technology with the people and the business and the purpose, yeah. Mm-hmm. I know we, you know, last time we 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 spoke, we talked about this technology that you've that you've been involved with, and and I'm super excited about AI, but but not not in a sort of how would you put this not in a sort of uh five or ten years time i'm excited about you know very specific things like you are that ai can actually do instead of instead of this big dream of in five years time that everyone's going to be sort of overrun with ai and it's going to control the world i'm more interested in these tiny little things that it can do which will help businesses and people to have easier working lives and I know that that's that's something that you're sort of working working on, and I'm I'm quite quite interested to sort of hear a bit more about that actually. Well, we're excited that as of uh, 2019, uh, we've spun Brandthrow out as Brandthrow from our relationship with Sentiment Sentiment.io. Many of its assets were sold, and while we still have a great relationship with uh, its founder, who inspired a lot of what we're doing today. You know, we've taken the last 18 months of, of immersing ourselves in the world of AI and neuroscience and all of these things that sound super exciting to really understand how to have a niche focus um, to actually make a compelling difference. I think that you raise a great point. A lot of these big ideas are just that. They're big and they're ominous and they're exciting at the same time. But unless you can drill down and really understand how to apply them and put them to use, they're not necessarily going to make a meaningful and measurable difference to what it is you're doing out of business. And that's really where our focus is right now. We're trying to really use technology to make a brand's emotional intelligence stronger. And what I mean by that is, if you're gonna communicate with someone today, you have to be hyper-focused rather, and extremely you know, focused on context and really understanding the person that you're trying to communicate with. So if you can use science and math and technology to have a deeper understanding of the customer, and then use those insights to perfect the type of content at a word level, which is actually what we're working towards, you know, you can really help marketers and communicators make a measurable difference in what they're communicating to their audiences, because that's really what's going to drive success today. It's two things. One is having the ability to go from rational to emotional connections with people and having the ability to not just push content out, but push out meaningful stories that engage someone in an experience. And we feel that being emotionally intelligent with a focus on brand purpose is the right, at least beginning path to do just that. And that's what we're starting to work with clients to do. Right. So what I'm very interested in is this study that you guys have, have actually been, been using with the AI. You actually put sensors on people's, people's heads, didn't you, to see what uh, UC Berkeley, to actually see what the words what the effect of the words had on that person's brain. And actually that is for me, that's super exciting. Can you, can you explain a bit more about that? I'm very interested in that. Well, that, that was the, you know, that's what our, our founder from sentiment um, was inspired by. Um, we have not used what what's done at UC Berkeley. We are actually focusing first on perfecting emotion AI or what's called effective computing to be able to understand the right math and science that's going to be able to do exactly that, connect words, 
um, on an emotional level. So directly connecting language to words. And we've brought in a, a new head of data science to really focus on the math and science that will enable us to do that. Once we have, uh, which we've built and are very close to finalizing, those proprietary algorithms, we're going to put them in the market and, and really do what we're, we're aspiring to do now in this new niche focus, which is help drive the right type of research so that people can create communication strategies that resonate and connect, and then use those insights to help people create um, you know, better and smarter creative. So everything that we're doing is about sharpening a brand's emotional intelligence. You know, once we, we, we finalize that phase, then we're going to see where where we go next. But that's really where we're at, and we're we're super excited to um, you know be be seeing some some very solid progress in in the first quarter. It's 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 certainly a great spot to be in. I think. I mean, I don't know very. I don't know of any other companies that are doing that exact thing. I mean, there are obviously probably competitors out there. I mean, I don't think we know what's going on in China when you've got that closed off wall over there in terms of the internet, you know, and they, well, they talk about AI and what they're doing out there. I mean, I was talking to someone the other day about it and, you know, I mean, we, he, he seemed to think that in China, there's all sorts of stuff going on, but we, we just don't know, do we, at the end of the day, <laughs> what they're doing over there. So, well, uh, yeah, I mean, listen, there's a, a new cover story or rather special issue of Harvard Business Review that just came out that is called The Brain Science Behind Business. Um, and, you know, that's what what is so exciting about the time that we're in. Neuroscience and emotion AI has been top of mind for the last 10 years, and there have been good things and bad things that have come out of that. There are certain people who've been in the space that, you know, have brought a lot of skepticism to it. And there are other people in the space who've brought a lot of credence and credibility to it. And I think that we're at a really interesting pivot point because effective computing um, as a standalone industry is expected to hit somewhere around $60 billion within the next two years. So, you know, I think that we're seeing a lot of advancements in the field that can actually make a really strong, measurable difference in the realm of marketing, let alone all of the other industries that can certainly benefit from these type of, of things and, and insights. So when you say effective computing, can you elaborate on what that includes, please? Okay. Computing is, is emotion AI. So any type of um, artificial intelligence married with a variety, whether it's neuroscience or a variety of other things that help people to understand whoever it is that they're trying to reach on a deep emotional basis. Mm -hmm. And when you look at the world of hyper-personalization that we're in, um, you know, in order to be able to have those type of conversations, you, at the most basic level, you have to understand who you're speaking with so that you can get them to feel so that they act. Yeah. And, you know, I believe that it's not just machine. It has to be man and machine uh, brought together to do that. And that's why we, we took a, a fundamental step back to say, let's not rely totally on a machine. Let's benefit from what we can do with man and machine together. And then let's see how we apply that to clients, what we learn and where we go from there. And, and we've had great success with that. Um, you know, and it's only, it's only uh, the end of January. So we're looking forward to seeing what we can do with that super laser focus and, you know, and where we go next. Yeah. Well, with all your years experience at, at Weber Shamwich, um, I always get that wrong. 
<laughs> you're always hungry when you're interviewing me. So you Whenever I talk about Weber's sandwich, I do think yeah, about sandwich. I know. <laughs> but the thing is, it's like you say, like you can you can go into AI, AI, and whatever, yeah. But without without having that people, you know, that experience within the specific sector. It's absolutely a waste of time to go into doing anything within AI. I was talking to an expert in, I don't know, podcast number 18 or something the other day, the other week. And, you know, he does a lot of stuff in AI. I think he's based in New York, actually, as well. He's from New York. But it, it's, it's almost a case of everyone's talking about it, but they don't realize that the investment they need to put into creating anything with AI is actually going to increase their costs. Yeah. It for two years is what he said. He said that a business that wants to integrate AI into, into what they're doing to then reduce the amount of people that they need is going to need to invest more money for two years to actually increase their team so then they can reduce people is what he said, which is quite interesting. But Well, but that has to do with that. You see, and that therein lies the problem. Using AI in that level of a ubiquitous fashion, he's talking about streamlining jobs. I'm I'm talking about streamlining communications, which are two very different things. And I think that that's a great point that you raise because it allows me to talk about why I'm so excited about what we're doing. It's a very surgical approach to saying, how do I take the best of science and math and marry it with the years of consulting and communication experience that me and my team have to be able to apply those insights to the variety of marketing challenges that brands are facing today. So what I'm really excited about is not just saying, you know, we have an offering that helps you know your customer better. What we're trying to do is say, we can help you as a brand or a corporation know any of your key stakeholders better. So whether you're trying to communicate diversity and inclusion more clearly to your workforce or potential employees. Let's create a diversity and inclusion approach to this emotional intelligence. How can we teach you to speak more clearly and more emotionally resonant way about the topic of diversity and inclusion? How do we apply the idea of emotional intelligence to overall corporate reputation? And, and looking at my years of experience in deconstructing companies and all of their assets, as we talked about earlier, innovation, people, product, CSR, and understand the right way of communicating those messages to all of the different stakeholders that a brand is speaking to. Or at the most micro and, and surgical level, you know, we just work with a brand who hadn't launched yet, and they have a super targeted customer segmentation tool because they're launching this brand for a very specific person that spans three generations and we help them to understand the language and emotional nuances that they needed to be aware of of how to speak to these people before they launch and make whatever modifications that they needed to again make them feel so that they acted in a certain way so if you look at how we're looking about things uh, at things today it's almost a portfolio of how you can apply emotional intelligence to any organization so that they can connect in a more effective way with whichever constituency it is that they're trying to reach right yeah it makes it make you know it makes a lot of sense i mean it's 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 in essence just it's so great that actually gdpr has come on you know and 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 all this all this awareness around data and people people you know getting fed up with this kind of you know, awful marketing, awful advertising practices that 
have driven them crazy and 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 it's actually done marketers a favor and it's done you guys a favor with this because it means that it means that people are going to actually hire you to help them because they want to be closer to their exact target market and i think i th i think it's hugely interesting because it's like you're not even trying to sell anything anymore you're 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 just saying to people this is what we have this is who we are this is why we do what we do and do you want to hand with anything? And they just say, oh, yes, please, I want to buy that. And it's just, it, it's taken away the whole pressured approach of, of like this push, because it's, it's been a very push-orientated business, certainly for, for the past few years. Um, before that, it was just scattergun approach to marketing, wasn't it? It's just like, you know, you put a billboard up and you get millions of people going past that billboard at certain times of day, and some of them are going to buy it. But... I think it's just so interesting that it's bringing the the the, the ROI into people's people's uh, minds as well. So the finance director is going to be happy as well, you know. Yeah, I mean it's it's the through line of my career, which is using a surgical focus to tell stories. So whether I was telling stories around the world, um, you know, when clients used to come to me, I would say to them, you know, you're going to hire my team, we're specialty team, and we're going to get you four or five placements in the press an entire year. Now they would be very significant stories, but they would be targeted for a specific audience with a specific message, and they wouldn't just be a quote; they'd be several pages and one would be for employees let's say and one would be for shareholders and one would be for customers and so on and so forth and that's the through line that we're trying to take through in the business today which is how do you surgically use emotional intelligence at the word and language level to get whomever it is you're trying to reach to feel in a specific way so they act in the way that you want them to whether that's purchasing your product investing in your company viewing you as a positive global corporate citizen wanting to work for your brand, so on and so forth. And we believe that what's exciting about what we're doing is not only that you can easily see and understand what the benefits of using this approach is, but it's a very easy to understand and apply type of model. And that's why I think you know people are responding very well to it and we're able to verticalize the idea into different areas, as I've mentioned, that would be of interest to a company, whether it's general customer, uh, corporate positioning, in, in diversity, inclusion, and culture work, as well as different industries are interested in looking at it and applying it in different ways. So, you know, I think there's a lot of runway there, and we're excited to really just have this very specific focus, which I think is a contrarian approach. I think a lot of people want to do a lot of things because the technology is really, really big. And what we've said is we want to go the other way. We want to narrow down the window and just be, do exactly what Steve Jobs said all those years ago, do one thing and do it better than anyone else. And, yeah. and that's what we're trying to do here. Yeah. It's exactly why I'm doing my podcast. The results I've had from doing this podcast uh, have been phenomenal because I only interview really amazing experts like you. <laughs> And that's I'm why serious. everybody comes on because you tell them that and you're pretty <laughs> yourself. So I'm always <laughs> to talk to you, as you know. I, uh, I got my sister to do an introduction for me. She, she's, she's actually a voiceover artist in, in Hollywood and, and, and an actress out there. And, but she can, copy, she can copy any voice, yeah? And okay. so 
So I said, well, why don't you copy Joanna Lumley? I mean, she's an American, yeah? She, she's, she's lived in America her whole life, you know? And she can copy an English accent, a British accent, like spot on. And she said to me, is it Joanna Lumley enough? But the thing is, I listened to it and I was like, actually, it's, no. it's not Joanna Lumley enough, but it has a certain style to it, a certain quirkiness that I like. So I didn't want to mess with her art, you know? And it's it's so relevant to kind of what you're what you're saying, really, because it's yeah. like it's like you you pick you pick something that you that you want created, don't you? And you and you sort of guide the people with the words. But in essence, the words that they're still using, they will contain some of the words that you that you tell them resonate with the audience and they'll be done in a certain style. Right. But but those but those words that you're that you're helping them to find it with, with the work that you're doing, there's still a little bit of artistic license that, that they will have, right, it, within, within that creative process, right? Well, that's, that's exactly right. And, and you know, it's, it, sometimes it's confusing because while we're talking about impacting uh, people and emotion at a word level, that's not to say that, you know, words are going to pop up and it's going to say this word is great and this word is bad. It's going to talk about the types of ideas and themes that are going to elicit different types of emotional responses with different people. And the ultimate goal is to understand how to hit the right, uh, the right emotional notes with the people that you're trying to reach so that you instigate the type of behavior that you're hoping to, whether it's again, the buy, recommend, advocate, or ultimately, you know, when you move towards the scale of positive emotions, you're getting in the area that everybody wants to be in, which is trust. So, you know, that's what we're most excited about is, helping to guide what people are doing and make it better, as well as using our decades of experience to find interesting patterns that are working or not and testing language that they may want to consider to be additive to what they're, they're already doing. And, and that's what seems to be playing out really well um, in our work right now. It's super interesting. I've been studying it a lot recently and, and, and I'm just being myself. And since I, since I, you know, you can't be anyone else. And I think the moment you realize who your ideal people are as an individual, when you're communicating, yeah, I want to attract a certain type of individual. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, an entrepreneurial person, they, they are the people that I want to attract. And since, since, since I've been doing that, the fun that, that I've been having is, is amazing. And, I just find it quite interesting in how you take you take that and you apply that to a business. I just find it it's it's, it's something that we should talk about again because I've got a lot of questions. I'll start making a list around that because it's 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 not an easy one, is it? Really? Because no, it's not. I mean, it's also a very interesting time. You know, the use of language and and how language itself is being used has been transformed in recent years dramatically, whether it's through the introduction of a very largely text-driven society where new words and emphasis and things are happening on a daily basis. You have millennials who have dramatically altered the manner in which we communicate. You have the addition of emojis and things like that that you know are, are their own language in itself. And really what we've decided to do is say, 
anytime you're trying to talk to someone, I mean, we're doing a project for another company right now that really wants to understand how to speak to small business owner or millennial entrepreneurs in two different parts of the world, in the United States and Canada. Wow. And we're doing an entire project to create an emotional language dictionary, if you will, um, so that they can share these insights with their clients and help them to create better campaigns and means of connecting with these people. So, you know, language has never been more important to culture. You know, visuals will always be important, but as we move farther and farther away from the big TV set in the house as the conveyor of messaging, you're really understanding that communication takes place on a, on a multitude of different levels and the actual words that are driving uh, those communications and the emotions that they engender um, has perhaps never been more important. Yeah, it's, it's I've been studying, you know, not as long as you have, but I've been studying, you know, brand wording and this kind of stuff for a few years. And what amazes me, though, is that, you know, web designers and designers will just come up with a logo and they'll be like, well, here you go. Here's a logo. And it's like, well, you've got to sit and step back from it and, and just say, well, how does that logo make someone feel, you know, is the, is the, is the, is the most important thing, isn't it? And then, and then, so what words sit behind the logo that actually brief the designer? Cause that's the biggest, the biggest misnomer in, 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 in brand wording terms, you know? Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, a lot of what we're, we're looking to do is ultimately help a brand or an agency design the ultimate creative brief that's going to help bring that brand to life. I mean, a logo is very important, but you're right. The words that lie behind the logo, the people that lie behind the logo, humanity is what drives brand connection. Empathy is what drives brand connection. And you can't do that simply through visual instruments. You need to do that through powerful and carefully selected emotional language. And, and that's really where our focus lies. Yeah. And that's exactly the same with people and how, and how like, I mean, I was interviewing a celebrity photographer based in California a couple of weeks ago, about a week ago, fantastically interesting. And, <clears throat> excuse me. And what he said was, is that he asks, he asks potential clients about 40 questions, right? He says to them, so how do you want people to feel when they first see your picture? And then how do you want them to feel when they see the last one? So say for he's doing a series of five pictures, for example, that is how he does it. And it's, and it's so relevant to what we're in essence talking about. I just find it's, it's a fascinating subject, all of this stuff, you know, and, and how people just go into it with their eyes completely closed and they have no idea. And then they will be, often they will be encouraged to do something uh, that, makes no that makes no sense. Yeah, by, by either a creative who just goes with what they think that they like in their own personal style or a focus group that is in essence manipulated by the person that hired the focus group. Yeah. Uh, that's exactly right. And that's what we're so excited about is you're removing, um, you know, when you deal with science and math as the underlying component of what you're doing, you, you're removing a lot of that human bias or what our data scientist calls fingerprints. And, you know, the less 
fingerprints that we can have and encourage our clients to have, the more actual real information and data we're working with that we can really process and understand and use to our benefit. I mean, I think that's another exciting thing about what we're doing is that you hear people talk about data, 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 and the fact that only 0.5% of data is used you know, you could have as much data in the world, and if you don't know what to do with it, it really doesn't matter. And that's also what we're saying to our clients. Give us whatever textual material you have, customer reviews, employee reviews, feedback, uh, analyses, and let us look at the words that are sitting underneath your brand and explain to you how to turn that into a currency that's you know going to drive your business forward. In our view, if you're not investing in innovation today to know your customer, whomever it is, on a more deep emotional level, you're missing an immediate opportunity to seize both competitive advantage and improved uh, performance, whether that's financially or from the standpoint of reputation. Massively. I mean, I was studying, I was studying that very thing of like how to come up with really great wording, right? And one of the most amazing tips that I heard was from a guy over from, from America, actually, a guy called Jay Abraham, who I just, I love him. I, he's a bit too intense for some people, but I quite like it. You know, you know, he's a bit in your face, isn't he? And, and, and <laughs> kind of, he's just hyperactive like me. He's a smart guy. But what he said was, is that actually when you when you when you're looking to potentially come up with a subject line, you can go to Amazon and you can type in a book that's actually related to what your topic is that you're trying to come up with. And then you read the reviews for the book and then that helps you to, in essence, come up with the words and the questions that you actually need. And it's basically exactly what you're what you're talking about doing, except for you're actually analyzing it on a far deeper level to, to generate results for specific demographics of people, basically, to make it just micro-targeted, right? Right, and, and we're also not doing it on our gut instinct. We're doing it in a way that the science irrefutably says how a word connects to a specific person or group on an emotional level. And that either is great because for me, it, it proves to clients that my gut instincts, not, thank God, are mostly right and sometimes theirs are wrong. But in reality, it's it's an irrefutable fact and you can either choose to listen to it or not. It's, it's no longer, I think this, it, it's just, it's it's fact, it's not opinion. And that's, you know, what makes it an exciting time. I'm hugely, I'm hugely excited because all you've got to do is just, is just think about the process, you know, go, go to a thesaurus, right? Anyone listening to this who's in marketing, business, whatever, go to a thesaurus, right? Pick it up, pick a word, yeah? Sit there and think about how does that word feel to you as opposed to an alternative and you will find that there is a level of cold to warm right would you would you agree with that yeah I mean I think what's yes there's definitely a level of cold to warm but what we're excited about is you've had the cold to warm idea for a long time which is in essence sentiment analysis and what we've done is start to look at from a primary emotion literal emotion anger joy sadness love whatever we've looked at how people are connecting to words 
And that's provided huge, huge insights. And what our team is doing now is really drilling down into the secondary emotions that sit beneath those primary emotions, because the more emotional texture that you have, the greater your ability to predict what's going to happen in a way that's not only accurate, but personalized. And that's really what's exciting is understanding how to keep peeling that onion back and use the technology, the math and the science to do that so that you can become and help your clients become, you know, better, stronger, smarter, and faster. So much fun. I'm, I, I just can't wait to actually see what this is going to look like in the next three months, six months, a year, you know, because from what you're saying, all the experience that you've personally had and your team have from working on like, you know, some of the most prestigious brands, the largest brands, and also within people as well and how all of this sort of information is going to come together and actually be analyzed by in essence uh, algorithms that will learn based upon the outcomes that you guys want i just find it i just find it so much fun it's going to be great to see to see this moving forwards you know as long as it's used though with the right companies with the right ethics you know because this, you know, if you if you just take, let's give you an example. Let me give you an example, yeah. Which I which I personally I avoid gambling myself, yeah. And I, and I in fact, if someone follows me and they're involved with gambling, I won't follow them back. I don't engage with that industry. It's it's against um, my personal ethics to do business in that way. I don't mind if you want to work with gambling, it doesn't make any difference to me, but what I'm just raising is an issue of, of ethics within AI and ethics within machine learning. And in fact, it could be used the wrong way. And I know you as an individual, I know you're not an unkind person. I know you have ethics, right? But there are people that, could in essence turn around and say, well, we know exactly what these types of people are like. We are going to use this tool and these tools, right? Or they will replicate something because no, no idea is, is, is unique completely 100%. And then they will manipulate people to, in essence, gamble away their houses and, and, and you know, buy things that, in essence, they didn't really want. But that's, I suppose, just marketing in general, isn't it? <laughs> oh, I don't want to make any political comments, but that's how the president <laughs> of the States was elected. So, I mean, you can do that with any type of technology. Well, look at Brexit. <laughs> so, you know, um, yeah. it is what it is. I mean, you could say that about, about anything um, or anybody. And, yeah. you know, you you know, it's who's using the technology that you have to worry about, not necessarily the technology itself. So I think, um, I think, you know, it's in safe hands with us. I think, I think so. Definitely. Well, thank you. I know you've got to jump off cause you've got to, it's nearly the hour and you've got another, got another meeting, right? I, a little bit, but it was lovely to speak to you as always. Thanks, Thanks so, so much, much for listening. listening. Please, Please subscribe, subscribe and wherever, wherever you prefer, prefer share, share with, with your, your friends. friends. And if, and if you enjoyed, enjoyed the, the show, show drop us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>